Welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 uh, for all eternity, more or less, uh, here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Uh, listen to both our podcast link and our radio loop link. Radio loop link, yeah. Uh, either one. Uh, that's the first and the second link on the homepage. Uh, either one. It, you're listening to one or the other right now, and you're with us because, well, it's, it's another of those, I, I want to say, special shows. That's, I don't know if it's fair to call it that, but, but there, there's a special kind of a, uh, a vibe about today. No, the, the, the fact that uh, here on the, uh, I guess it actually happened on August 14th, that would have been yesterday. Today's August 15th, 2023, but very near to midnight last night, uh, Fannie Willis, uh, Fannie, I, I, should, I should get used to saying that correctly. Fannie, it almost sounds like her, her, her name might have been Fania uh, uh, in a longer version of it, but it's spelled F-A-N-I. It's pronounced as if it were F-O-N-N-Y, uh, much like East, the Eastern European version of the name. So folks, get used to it. You'll be hearing it and probably saying it a lot. If you're a Trumpian, you'll, it'll be part of a curse. Uh, if you're Ted Cruz or, or, or one of those, it'll be part of a complaint. It'll be part of a, a finger wave. It'll be a what about Hunter Biden. It'll be somewhere in there. It'll be anything but an honest statement of what it is. It is the indictment that came down from Fulton County, Georgia, a little before midnight last night uh, from Fonnie Willis, the, the district attorney of uh, Fulton County, Georgia. And she had been working on this case, uh, apparently, the, the story goes, it's been over two years that her office has been working on this case. I think she's only been in office about two years, and so apparently this was something that she has been uh, working on forever. She, was, she has been a district attorney herself. She has been all sorts of things. She has been a prosecutor. She has nothing but uh, background in this sort of thing, has run any number of RICO cases, that'll become significant in just a moment, and has, uh, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of cases she's conducted, well, not thousands most likely, but certainly hundreds of cases that she has brought against criminals uh, again and again, and she is about as all business as I've ever seen a district attorney be. Now, what's different here from the two Jack Smith indictments, and, 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 and certainly from the New York indictment, uh, seems to be from the get-go, before we even get, I mean, structurally, it's very different. It's based on RICO, the Racketeering Influence and Corruption uh, Actor. You know, I, I think that's what the... Something like that. I believe that's what it stands for. Essentially, RICO, the RICO laws were, were put out at a federal level. I believe it was around 1980. Federal RICO laws were put out to deal with organized crime figures so that rather than having to bring every single individual player in an organized crime plot in for a separate trial, having nothing that could link them if everybody was sort of doing their own crime, as it were, the RICO statutes at the federal level 
gave federal prosecutors the ability to bring everybody in under a criminal enterprise. Which doesn't sound like it should be any kind of a big deal. I mean, you know, okay, everybody's committing the same or, or doing crimes that are sort of interrelated. Wouldn't it just naturally flow that you could go ahead and bring everybody in? No, not the way the laws were set up. Uh, this was the first time in the 1980s that laws were put in place that allowed the federal government to say, okay, here is the enterprise generally that everybody is connected to and with, and you name that enterprise. Then everybody, if, if, you, if you have that enterprise, then anyone committing any act relative to the enterprise, those acts are imputed on everybody associated with the enterprise. In other words, so, so that, so that as, as a, prior to then, everybody, you'd have to reprove the entire chain of, of events for every criminal act that every participant was part and parcel of. Now, the acts of one since it's all part of a racketeering uh, effort, uh, clearly uh, a term that was drawn from, mafi from, its, from a mafioso perspective, we're going after organized crime here, racketeering is the way it was referred to. Now, those things done by one are imputable to all who are part of the same scheme. Within the federal context, this had, even there, it, it, there were still some, some, some relatively high barriers uh, to, to get people completely uh, in, immersed into a RICO charge. You, you, had, you had to prove a little bit more than just saying they were part of it. Different states began looking at the RICO laws that were passed on the federal level. And Georgia in particular was going through at the time uh, a, a, a rather rough patch uh, from a criminal justice perspective. A lot of organized crime down there, uh, but much of it <laughs> still kind of from an old South way of looking at things. Now, whether this was accurate or simply what uh, people chose to see or, or what the emphasis was, much of it involving black gangs, as Georgia, as Georgia uh, stated it. The, the, the dangers that were uh, uh, associated with black gangs in particular in Georgia in 1980 apparently were sufficient to get Georgia to pass a version of a RICO law that was much, much more sweeping, much easier to pull the various defendants in, uh, much, much more powerful from a prosecutorial perspective than the federal RICO law. And so it's, 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 it's obviously there's an irony in the notion that a black female district attorney uh, in Fulton County, in, in, in the capital of Atlanta, is now using a law that was originally intended to be used primarily against black gangs or, or, or you know, so that, so, that the, that, so that the state could go after, well, whether they were doing it justly or unjustly, but, but it was used largely against people of color. It is ironic that it is now being used to bring a conspiracy charge and RICO charges generally against what winds up being 19 people. And uh, who was at the, uh, the apex? Who was the apex uh, uh, racketeer-er? <laughs> None other than... Yes, you guessed it, Donald. 
Yep, Donald. Uh, and and he, the, this is it's it's very interesting. You have you have to read this. I, I don't. How many people will? Well, the only way to really understand what's going on is to read all of these indictments. The, the this one, the uh, the the Mar-a-Lago case, the the January 6th case from Jack Smith, the the New York case that's being brought. Right, now. You, you need to read the indictments because in each case, and I was New York. Did New York do this? Did Alvin Bragg do it as a speaking indictment? I'm trying. I have to just been. My God, it's just like you, you realize how many of these are are passing over the transom. Um, in certainly the last three cases, the two from, from Jack Smith and the one now from Fonnie Willis, uh, they are speaking indictments, which is to say they include a narrative statement and a relatively easy to follow, well, in the case of Jack Smith, yeah, uh, narrative that gives you the ability to, I mean, yes, yes, you can you can declare them guilty in your mind if you like based on this. Clearly, no federal prosecutor at any level or no no state prosecutor of any merit is going to bring a detailed indictment without a very, very strong belief that this thing is winnable, that I've got the information. And as I was as we said in the beginning here. Fannie Willis, uh, Fannie Willis has taken uh, over two years to put this together. Okay, so, but, but in the case of, and we've talked about this, we've talked about the Jack Smith indictments and his style of writing and, his, and, and, the, and the nature of the information. Of course, instantaneously, uh, the Trump sycophants, his minions are out there. Uh, Ted Cruz is out there decrying it. What, and of course, and of course, in one breath, how are they doing this? A witch hunt. And the next breath, of course, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. Yeah, that's out there too. Okay. But it's, no, it's, it's not Hunter Biden. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not a witch hunt. It's not public opinion. It is a 41-count indictment, 13 of which are directed specifically at Donald. The rest are general. Everyone, every one of the 19 uh, defendants uh, here is basically accused of the racketeering. To be, if you are ultimately convicted just of being a part of this, the racketeering. Now, now, what it takes to be convicted of racketeering, I, I, I still don't understand within the Georgia law and the statute, and, and I must tell you, I have not read this carefully. It came out last night. I spent the night, most of the night up watching coverage on this and trying with another eye while I was watching the coverage to try to read through the indictment. No, I haven't gotten through it, all 97 pages, and I certainly haven't gotten used to the way in which Georgia sets this out. But I will tell you this much, that if you are considered, since it is a count against each of the 19 defendants to uh, per, being, being a participant in a racketeering scheme, in a RICO scheme, since that is an accusation, then there is some level of proof, there is some specific activity that must have been performed that would bring an individual defendant in or make them part of a RICO-related scheme. You are now, you are a RICO participant and because you did thus and such and clearly it'll have to be proved before a jury. But if you are convicted... If each of the 19 is convicted of being part of this RICO scheme, that conviction carries with it, and I believe it's mandatory, I have, I have to check this, I heard this from some source, a 20-year sentence. I'll repeat that. Get convicted of being part of a RICO scheme in the state of Georgia once you've been indicted. Once you go to trial, get convicted of that count being part of a RICO scheme, and you've earned yourself 20 years in Georgia State Prison.
translation, if you are a 78-year-old former president of the United States, on just this one count, and remember, you already have 70, what is this, 73 counts against you. You have another 13 here. You have 84 or 85 counts. This is one out of 85 criminal counts you're facing in four separate trials. Get convicted on this one, and you could go away for life. Okay? Uh, just, 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 just get your head around that. And remember, because of the way the Georgia RICO statute is set up, the acts of any one conspirator are imputable to anyone else as long as they were in the furtherance of the conspiracy, of the RICO-related foundational basis for the conspiracy. And, 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 and you'll see this in the various counts in the indictment. Uh, they will say, after each one, blah, blah, did the, the X, uh, the defendant X did blah, 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 in furtherance of the conspiracy, in furtherance of the RICO scheme, however the, 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 the wording is used there. And so this, this becomes apparently, from, from what I'm hearing and reading, uh, Georgia's success in bringing RICO-related cases is pretty damn strong. Uh, Fannie Willis, uh, Fannie Willis, uh, Willis is a, a, a history in bringing these. She's brought 11 so far. And I, I, I didn't hear what her batting average was on that. But I think uh, from what I'm understanding, it is very, very high. And I'm also understanding that the odds, the time that she has spent on this one, putting this thing together, and if you read it, the nature, the detail, this is a lot more than we've gotten anywhere else. Remember, well, j just for starters, okay, guess who some of her co uh, his co-defendants are over here. You know, we, we have, un uh, the, the people have been unindicted all over the place. Well, guess what? Guess who's finally an indicted co-conspirator? <clears throat> Rudy Giuliani and uh, Mark Meadows. Oh, and, and, and Sidney Powell. And, and, oh, a whole bunch of familiar names. They're all out there. And even lesser names in Georgia politics. And it gets down to granular acts that you'd never heard about before, different illegal things that were attempted in the process of attempting to overturn the certified election results in the state of Georgia for the 2020 presidential election. A totally illegal, inappropriate act. The, I mean, the document, the, the document starts off uh, leaving, leaving absolutely no doubt about why and what it's all about. Um, it says, let me, let me just, I, I really just, you should read the beginning here. Uh, introduction, this is just the intro. Defendant John, Don, Donald John Trump lost the U.S. presidential election on November 3rd, 2020, period. He lost. One of the states he lost was Georgia. Trump and the other defendants charged in this indictment refused to accept that Trump lost, and they knowingly and willfully joined in a conspiracy, in a conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the election in favor of Trump. That conspiracy contained a common plan and purpose to commit two or more acts of racketeering activity in Fulton County, Fulton County, Georgia, elsewhere in the state of Georgia, and in other states. Now, I'll, 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 I'll stop it right there and, 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 and just absorb that. Obviously, you got the notion that you had to, you know, clearly you got an inference of what Georgia law is to acts to create the, the but, but it's going to be more than just things that happened in Fulton County, more than things that happened just in the state of Georgia. It will be a recitation of stuff 
that's happened throughout the country. A, 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 and, and under the Georgia law, under the Georgia statute, acts well outside the jurisdiction of that district attorney, of Fannie Willis, are absolutely permissible, may be stated, may be made part and parcel, may be given as evidence of the intent and the actual continuation of the conspiracy. That's how broadly their laws are written here. And that's why Georgia apparently has been highly successful in bringing RICO prosecutions. Now, two very very important points here, very, very important points, both differentiating this Georgia case be besides the fact that it's being brought as a RICO case, utterly different than the way Jack, utterly different than the approach that Jack, uh, Jack Smith has used in, the, in, in his two uh, indictments against Trump in Mar-a-Lago and in, and in D.C., uh, there are two other points here that, that have to be taken into account. Let, let's just start with the number of defendants, okay? In Mar-a-Lago, you got three. You got Trump and you have uh, his valet, uh, whatever his name is, and, and, some, uh, and, and the property manager, and, and he was brought in later in a, in a, a superseding indictment uh, based on uh, his manipulation or his attempts to de destroy uh, uh, tapes, uh, you know, uh, security tapes and all that stuff. Okay. Three, in the, in the D.C. case, in the January 6th case, you got one defendant. Donald. Here, we have Donald and 18 others. And there are something like 30 unnamed, unindicted co-conspirators as well. Now, the, the first thing that might come to your mind, I mean, <laughs> and, and, and apparently, according to Fannie Willis, she intends to try everybody together. Now, 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 now think about this. You got 19 defendants. Just the, the defense table alone, you got all of these 19 people have to show up every time. They're attorneys. They'll be separate attorneys most likely for all of them especially in a RICO situation, you don't want, the attorneys don't want to be perceived as being further, as further conspiring. So you have to separate everybody's attorney out for a change. I mean, that, that's going to be necessary. So just the physical space to support 19 people is wacky. Then there is the process of swearing this one in, of swearing that one in, of objections. Which, which defendant will object to what statement? How will those objections be heard? There are so many, uh, nine, 19 opening statements, 19 closing statements. How does the jury keep all this in their brain? How do you do this? How do you, how do you handle this sort of thing? Well, the only, the only example I have of this is one that's been offered uh, both through the night, uh, and, and that involves a, a RICO case that Fannie Wills brought against uh, teachers in Fulton County. Uh, they were attempting to do, I forget what, but it was, I mean, teachers seem like a, a rather odd group to be bringing a criminal indictment in a RICO case against, but apparently the way it worked out was that there was something like a similar number of originally named defendants. But what happens in these cases, and Fannie Wills knows this, and anyone who's watched these cases know it, is because of the strength of the Georgia RICO laws, there is an odd tendency and, and the threat of the 20 years off the bat, if you're convicted, you can, you can appeal from your jail cell. There is the strong possibility that a lot of people might just try to plead out here. <laughs> 
and maybe even, oh, I suppose as part of their plea, um, maybe turn state's evidence. Maybe Donald might not be able to uh, control them quite so well. Uh, by the time the teacher's case was, 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 was tried, Fanny was down to nine or ten defendants, and apparently it went rather smoothly. Now, how fast did it go? Well, Fanny, uh, Fanny Wills is, is looking for, is saying, she wants this trial to begin within six months. Uh, uh, from what I'm hearing from legal experts so far, that may be problematic. Uh, that might be a little bit too wishful. And I don't know how long she thinks the trial will take, but apparently the teacher's trial itself took close to six months to conduct. And you know that the main, the main uh, effort on the part of Trump's attorneys will be to delay, 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 delay. This trial could be going right up to, maybe even through, election in November of 2024. And again, this will also have to come up against all of the other Jack Smith trials that are out there. Is there any automatic uh, you know, rules of the road here? Does whoever filed first uh, by, by, uh, by either statute or, or precedent or norm get to go first? I can't imagine that there won't be some very cooperative um, conferences taking place between uh, Smith and Willis and, uh, and, and, and the New York DA uh, because everybody has the same basic goal here to bring an individual to justice who has avoided justice virtually his entire life. And, and so I, I know that there is going to be a cooperative effort. I have to also believe that if you're a Rudy Giuliani, if you're, who was already, he was about, who was about to be permanently disbarred in New York, if you're a, uh, I guess right now, um, Sidney Powell has been disbarred in California, uh, Mark Meadows, this is the first time his name is appearing as a defendant. Um, every one of them, and all the others that were part of the Trump, there are some other Trump attorneys in there. There is uh, the, head of, uh, the head of his campaign committee. There, there's all sorts of Trump officials. I think there's like six or seven of them that are named. You also have Jeffrey Clark, that the, the, the nothing Barry that basically was almost became the acting attorney general of the United States because Trump figured that there was some way to basically get what he wanted by having, you know the stories, you've heard them before on this. And you have, uh, who else is in there? Oh, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of famous names. Oh, Eastman, of course. John Eastman, who, who of course, if you're, uh, if you're on Fox or any other so-oriented uh, cable network, you begin by saying, renowned jurist, renowned scholar, blah, 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 except, of course, when he decides he's going to go ahead and start a complete wild scheme uh, to basically uh, defraud the American people uh, of the person that they elected to have president to destroy the Constitution. Same could be said of Rudy Giuliani at some point, you know, uh, America's mayor, so, they, so he named himself and a rather successful, very successful, racketeering uh, district attorney uh, for the Southern District of New York. He, he was in the first department, he, he was in the premier slot and he brought some of the biggest trials and, and now he finds himself, again, more irony here, finds himself as the object, as a defendant in precisely the type of trial type of case he would have brought against others. And he was awfully successful in those cases and knows how, to, how they can be prosecuted. So I am counting 
on a lot of these Trump loyalists faced with at least the 20 years in state prison in Georgia. Let those words sort of sort of run them around in your mouth. Let them, let them sort of slosh around in your brain. 20 years in state lockup in, in lovely Georgia. Wanna, do you wanna, you wanna take a crack at that? You wanna, you wanna spend, the, for every, basically everybody there, it would be pretty much till death do you part. Certainly for Rudy. Um, I don't know how old Sidney Powell is. I don't know. Mark is somewhere in his uh, late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, it very well could be a death sentence. Certainly it would be a death sentence for Donald. Now, Donald has sworn again and again and again. Uh, no way and I will never, ever, ever, ever uh, strike a deal. I'm innocent. I did nothing. And Ted Cruz will go on air and possibly, uh, I guess, uh, uh, you know, a, a few other sycophantic uh, senators will, will, will just, you know, rush to the microphones and say whatever the hell they want. Lindsey Graham will basically leave a slime trail wherever he goes. Okay, we know that. And it'll all be going through the usual filters uh, for Fox and One American News. Fine, great. He'll never, ever give up. I'll never give up, I'll, I'll never allow myself to, uh, uh, I, I'll never ever ever cut a deal because I'm innocent. But the odds are exceptionally good, especially in this case, however and whenever it runs, that he will be convicted of at least one of the 13 charges, and if he's convicted of any of the charges, he will also be convicted of the racketeering charges. Read 20 years. Now, you're Donald Trump, okay? No, of course you can't, you can't let up, you can't let down. Uh, you know, and, and, and we know that it's a state case, and so therefore, because it's a state criminal case, Donald, in the bizarre unlikelihood that he were to be re-elected president, I, I don't think anyone is really taking into account what the odds against that truly are and what they will be as these trials move forward. Yes, you will have a, 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 an enriched version of the base, but a continually shrinking version of the base that will be as loyal and as powerfully for him as anything could possibly be. But the country will be running from him. Politicians will be running from him. Others who have supported him up to now, realizing that if they themselves find themselves, for to find themselves in some kind of a RICO conspiracy, could find themselves absolutely massacred, there'll be a little less vocal support for the guy as the weeks and months go forward and we get into the nature of these cases. Now, okay, but let's say he got elected. Could he, could he somehow... Um, well, if the cases haven't gone to trial yet, let's say on the federal side, I imagine he could tell his new attorney general, you know, the one that he will control better than he even controlled Bill Barr or, or, or Jeff Sessions, he'll, he'll say, drop that damn case now. It just goes away. And justice will, will, be, will be massacred in the country. The whole sense of the judicial system will be just ripped to shreds. No one will ever trust any court anywhere. The argument for any defendant will be if, if it could be simply taken, if it's good enough for Donald to take away, if Donald can, can take himself out of contention for a conviction, then why, how can any court, any criminal court hold me for anything? Every, every defense lawyer anywhere in the country will be bringing this up again and again, and rightfully so, and rightfully so. How can you possibly, after what was just done by the, by, by, by the former president and, and the amazingly re-elected president of the United States and, and this, this, this bold-faced manipulation of the judicial system, how can you expect my client, 
this defendant to basically submit himself? How can you not grant him the same privileges that were granted to the President of the United States? Is the President truly above the law? Is that what we're saying? Is, are you saying that my client is below the law? Challenge, challenge, challenge. Eventually that'll get to the Supreme Court. I know it sounds crazy to say that, but it could. And we've been, and we've been saying this forever. You get a choice in November to either have Donald or America. America as we know it. America as a constitutionally governed entity. You get a choice. It's, it's A or B. You can't have both. You cannot have Donald Trump and America as we know it. Period. End of story. And all of those Trumpians out there, you know, pounding their fists and saying, unfair, unfair, and saying, and, 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 and throwing out some kind of lovely, uh, you know, patriotic language, it's a crock of shit. Every bit of it, every syllable of it is a total lie. There will be no justice if this man is able to go ahead and continue doing what he's done all along over here. Oh, they're after him. They're just after him because they, they're afraid of him. They're afraid that he'll, that he'll do America right, he'll, that he'll make things good for, for... Bullshit! Lies, 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 lies. Okay, fine, go ahead. Believe them. Do whatever you want to do. Republicans out there, any Trumpians, believe whatever the hell you want to believe. But once this thing is in motion, it, it will not be about the politics. It will not be about the public relations. It will not be about Ted Cruz lying his brains off. It will not be about Lindsey Graham leaving a, a trail of slime to and from the microphone. It will not be about any of that. It will not be about people pumping their fists with red hats on and, you know, at some convention and, and, and Donald waving, saying, yeah, you know, it won't be about any of that. It will be about 12 people in a jury box, the facts and the law. And that will happen four times. There will be 48 people, four juries. There will be a judge. There will be facts and there will be the law. And under those circumstances, the odds of Donald not being convicted at least once of one of the 84 or 85 counts against him are virtually nil. I'll go further. The odds of him being convicted of the worst of the counts are absolutely excellent. And the odds of at least one of those cases being finished before the election are damned good. I would think the documents case would be the easiest one. That's the slam dunk. But after the, after the slam dunk documents case, what I'm hearing from legal experts is that the, Fa the Fannie Willis case, because of the, the breadth and the scope and the, and the facility that is afforded to her in her prosecutorial activities by the nature of the Georgia RICO Act, she's got the strongest hand here. She has, she has abilities, she has laws that have been crafted specifically to deal with the type of thing that those laws are being used for here to basically indict Donald and the other 18. She's got an absolute, she's holding an amazingly powerful hand here. Now, the next thing that I, I, I know this is going to come up, and I, I think it may have come up already. Someone may have said it. I, I, was re <laughs> I researched this at about 2 o'clock this morning, and the thought popped into my head. It's, it was one of those sinking feeling moments. I've been getting a lot of those over the last few years here. Uh, and the sinking feeling was, oh, my God, what if Jack Kemp can be imposed upon to grant a pardon? You know, governors of states can pardon defendants, convicted criminals within their states. People who were convicted in the courts of law, of criminality, within their states, these governors can grant pardons. And I, and I instantly, I, I think the way I Googled it, I said, I, I, you, you try, you know, with Google, you don't, you don't always do things literally, but I think I actually wrote, can, can Jack Kemp pardon Donald Trump? And 
what came back was interesting. The, the first statement involved something from about four days ago when Kemp went, where Kemp went out of his way to slap at Trump, to really knock him down for refusing to take the so-called Republican loyalty oath. You've heard about this. Now, now Donald, Donald has been playing back and forth with whether or not he's actually going to show up uh, for the first debate. Now it seems like he might. I think, I think uh, Chris Christie will eviscerate him. It doesn't matter how loud the audience yells, Christie will not be shouted down. He will be yelling truth at these people, and a lot of them will get it because they've never actually seen that happen. That will be a very, and I don't know how Donald doesn't show up for that. Because that would be another sign to people that he's being, you know, that I'm, I'm afraid to say what I'm going to say. Now, maybe he should be afraid to go, because if he does, he may be in direct violation of the bail conditions that will be part and parcel of his arraignment. And I should add, by the way, that last night, as she was announcing the indictment, Fannie Wills gave all 19 defendants until Friday, August 25th, that's 10 days from now, until Friday, August 25th, to appear voluntarily before her, before her court. You know, we're so used to, we're so used to, uh, uh, with, with, with Jack, with, uh, you know, with Jack Smith, that we you know there's a, there's a cavalcade uh, and, and, you know, the whole Trump thing, and we watch his jet fly out of wherever it is, and it lands, and it's this whole, it's this whole regal dimension that is added to it. No, here he will be just one of 19 defendants showing up at the Fulton County Courthouse and he will submit himself to Fannie Wills, and I imagine there'll be some kind of a, you know, pre, a prior uh, arrangement made with his, uh, through his counsel as to when he'll be coming. I don't think it will have the same fanfare as you had, well, not that there was that much fanfare in either Miami or in, in, in New York or, or in Washington. Things were kept well under control, perhaps the most vociferous and the, the most uh, uh, animated reactions happened in Miami during that indictment. But even there, there was no, no criminality, no, no lawlessness, no, uh, no rioting, no anything of that sort. But that's it. They have, they have till the 25th of August to show up. And a funny thing is going to happen at that indictment to each one of the defendants. And this is, this, is, this is amazing. And I don't know if this is just, I, 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 I read this, I heard it, I, I, I have reason to believe it, and I, but forgive me for not having an exact, an exact reference source here, a citation for this. Under the Georgia law, under the RICO Act, I believe it's under RICO specifically, a defendant at the arraignment the burden of proof is on the defendant to prove to the court, to convince the court that he or she will not do anything in violation of the terms that are there. And one of the terms of the bail that will be set is that there will be no, zero effort to contact or intimidate witnesses, that is, other people there, anyone else involved in the case, known or unknown, a whole universe of people. You can't do any, not beyond just not, you know, picking up the phone or, or talking, you can't do anything that would infer intimidation. And now you must, you must convince the court that burden of proof is on the defendant to convince the court that they, will, they, the defendant, will not, could not, or is not in a position, has never done anything that would basically be considered witness tampering or in any way attempting to intimidate or do anything else to, to violate the rights of or influence a witness in any way. Imagine this, imagine this. The defendant has to prove this to the court. This is a condition of their bail, of their remaining free. 
if the defendant cannot convince the court of this, if the defendant can't convince the court, the defendant basically will be incarcerated until trial. If the court believes that there's the possibility of the defendant attempting to influence witnesses, and especially in a RICO case, that's exactly the type of thing you don't want to have happening. And so Georgia has this built into their statute. And it's on the defendant. You got to prove to me, if I'm going to let you back on the street, you got to prove to me that you are the type of person who would never, ever do You've never done it. You couldn't possibly do it. Could Donald in a million years convince anyone, me, you, Fonnie Wills, anybody, that he would not attempt to influence a witness? So get this in your heads. If Fonnie Willis goes by the letter of the statute, there is at least, I, I, don't, I don't know how this is work. Again, you have the Secret Service, you got to work this out. How would you do it? But Donald is supposed to convince her at the arraignment that he will not attempt to interfere with witnesses. All Donald does is interfere with witnesses. He threatens, he, he puts out his posts, he's, his truth social, he lies, he's, he, he, be, he berates, he, he, he insults. He... How do you convince anyone with all that that you're not that? You are what you, oh, your honor, you know, I, that, no, no, that, that was just, you know, think of, think of me as like when I was on The Apprentice. This is all just staged. No, I, I would never imagine do anything with any witnesses in this trial. Right, okay? If, if Fonnie Willis goes by the letter of the law, there is a, <laughs> I would say a strong chance she would have to incarcerate Donald when he shows up for his arraignment. I just, I just, I just hang that out there. And with everything that would be Im implicit in that. So, so his arraignment here is going to be different than any other arraignment we've seen so far when he finally shows up. Number two, and we, we alluded to this earlier on, you can be pardoned for federal crimes by the President of the United States. We saw Donald do the, do the, the disgusting uh, pardoning of Manafort and Flynn and everybody involved in the, Russian, uh, in the Russian scheme to basically aid the Russians in hacking uh, the election and basically election interference against Hillary in favor of Donald. It was all there, all spelled out completely, perfectly in the Mueller report, never acted upon because basically it was crushed by Bill Barr. It could still, I imagine, be brought up by a, a, uh, a, a, a thoughtful prosecutor who really wanted to basically finally cover all bases in the Donald saga. Maybe it'll happen when he's way off the stage, when he's in prison someplace, and I don't know. It'll give him a chance to get out for a while and, you know, whatever. But that would be for federal situations that you could be pardoned. And most governors can pardon, you know, state, state crimes. But I started saying this. Check this out. Two o'clock this morning saw that, uh, that Jack Kemp, governor of Georgia, was uh, uh, jabbing Donald for not taking the loyalty oath. And of course, that's the oath that says that you would basically follow uh, to, the, to, the, you know, to the ends of the earth and with every bit of your loyalty, whoever becomes the nominee. Of course, in Donald's case, that would imply it could be someone other than him, and therefore I will not do that. Okay, fine, 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 fine. But that's okay, Jack, you can still pardon me. You're a governor, right? Answer, no. Georgia is one of only two states in the United States where the governor does not have pardoning power. I don't know what the other one is. Don't ask me. Jack Kemp and no Georgia governor can pardon Donald Trump if convicted. Donald Trump, if convicted on any counts, on Fannie Willis's 41-count indictment, 30, 13 of those counts directly at Donald, 
including a RICO count, which would give him 20 years in prison. Donald cannot be pardoned by anyone, not himself, if God forbid, under the weirdest of circumstances, he were to become president again. No one, no one, no one can pardon Donald Trump. And Fannie Willis, from a technical prosecutorial perspective, is holding probably the strongest set of cards, given what, what, the, what the legal structure of her argument is, based on how, how the crimes alleged conform to the laws covering them. As, as good as the Mar-a-Lago case is, there's a, little, there's a little wheedling here to get these crimes within the laws that Jack Smith is, is using to, to prosecute them. Fannie Wills had, has no such problem. This is RICO, pure, plain, and simple. She's done 11 of these. I will check this out. I would have to believe she's probably won all or most of them. Or, or a substantial, I, I doubt if everyone, if there's ever a case that she's ever done in any of these where every defendant in a RICO case went free. This I would have to, I'd have to check, but I'm going to bet that she's never totally lost a single RICO case. I don't know. Let me go check this out after we have the show here. If you're Donald, if you're not completely insane, I don't think he is. He's, he's, he's mentally ill, he's, he's narcissistic beyond belief, he, is, he, he lacks all empathy, he is clinical in many ways, but insane in, in the sense that he is incapable of, of mounting a defense, insane in, the, in, in that he does not understand reality, in that he could actually believe still that he won the election. No, not a, not, not a damn chance in the world. Donald knows how dangerous this particular situation is to him because there is no escape clause. There is no escape hatch. There's no get-out-of-jail card in any literal or figurative or legal sense. He gets convicted here of anything. He will spend most likely the rest of his life in jail. Knowing that, I will make a prediction. I shouldn't, but I will. Once this trial gets underway and things look bad, if Donald still, I don't know if he still has his passport. I don't know if that's the, if, what the situation is on that. He may have surrendered his passport. But I will imagine Donald bolting for somewhere, if he could find his way to Russia, I, I don't know, maybe. And then once there, of course, uh, be uh, reconvicted of all sorts of things and, and there would be indictments put out for him and blah, blah, blah. And he will say, there was no way on earth I was ever going to get a fair trial. There was no way on earth that I was going get to get a, get a fair jury. They were all let, let up again, blah, 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 blah. And he will run. Because one thing he ain't going to do ever is go to jail and spend the rest of his life there. That is something, I, I know it sounds crazy to say this right now. I know people, oh, come on, man. What do you, what, what? Think about it. That's all I'm asking you to do. A guy that can't accept responsibility for anything, who has to double and triple and quadruple down, given the choice between incarceration, which would probably be incarceration for life, and breaking every rule and law and becoming the Robin Hood outlaw who basically somehow is able to try to get his information. He'll be blocked off. Wherever he is, he'd be blocked off. And frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if he were accidentally uh, allowed to sort of get the hell out. I, what would you if, you... if you're Donald, if you're Donald, you... You basically, you basically flee the farm. You, 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 you run. There's no way he's going to go to jail. No way. He would allow himself to do that. He would, he would rather run away somehow and try from there to go ahead and spin a new narrative which will not make it into this country because it will be blacked out. 
somehow, electronically, all accounts involving him, his truth social, it will go away because it's based in the United States. And maybe he and Vladimir will hold hands and go into the sunset together. I don't know where he winds up. But once this thing gets going in Georgia, and once it becomes apparent which way the case is going, don't be surprised if Donald bolts. If he gets on his 757, whatever the hell he's got there, fills it up with as much fuel as it'll fill with, and uh, makes a wrong turn and heads for uh, Vladivostok or Moscow or someplace like that. Don't be surprised. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm looking ahead. That's how dangerous the situation is for him in the Georgia case. But of course, the real danger here is that there are so many Americans that are still completely mesmerized by his bullshit and the lies and, and are living this, this grievance, groveling sort of experience that he has given them access to, I, I have a feeling that that will dissipate. The, the, the reaction to it, the, the, the anger, the, um, the, the, the violent outbursts once once the real justice of this starts to come down on him, yeah, there'll be some. It's bound to happen. But that will dissipate rather quickly once the Republicans realize that they're basically now, they've got nothing. Because everybody has been Donald's sycophant. Everybody has been Donald's toy, his plaything. Everybody has sucked up to him. There's no one that can both uh, convince the base that they can that they can lead like Donald and take his place. There, there, there's no one there, or there's no one that will be that the base will pick up on, even if they are a true Republican in the old sense of the word, a just a, a real honest to God conservative. That's it's been poisoned. It's been it's been basically siphoned out of the party. You have, a, you have an empty shell of a party. It is nothing but a cult of personality. And that personality, when subtracted off the battlefield, I'm, 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 I'm just looking ahead. I'm looking ahead. There is the, 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 the most incredibly impossible of situations where maybe maybe somehow he gets elected. I'm not even sure that he's going to run. I mean, everybody's making so many, you know, hell, he's ahead now, and I don't see, I don't see how anyone or anything. Don't assume anything, please, people. Keep your mind open here. Keep your minds up. Don't, don't be as doctrinaire in your stubborn belief in the Republican storyline as they are in their own storyline. Be open to variations. Things could change. This is the real world. We are all reacting to the make-believe world, to the storylines, to the, to the, uh, to the, to the made-for-TV kind of uh, a promotional stuff that you're hearing day in and day out from Donald and his, and his sycophants and his minions. Well, I mean, minions are going to start, they'll start drifting away too at some point. Don't, don't be taken in by all that. Live in reality. Look at what's going on. Look at what's up against him. He is a guy with four indictments on him. Four different juries will be basically impaneled, and the information that will be generated by the four different prosecutorial teams will be as strong as any in history. Mark, Mark, just, just bet, bet that, bet on that. Assume that. Oh, my God, he, he could just as easily, he could win anybody. No, he couldn't just as easily. He lost, he lost by three million votes, but won the electoral in 2016. He lost by 8 million, and it flipped. How many will he lose by in 2024? His track record is, is going downhill. 
He loses and he loses. and he, Since he got in in 2016, everything he's touched from a political standpoint has gone to hell. His only claim to fame is holding on to a base that is grieving, stricken as much as he is, and he's been able to, to pull it out of him brilliantly, sick, but brilliant. That's it. That's it. Nothing else is real. Don't believe their hype. Believe your eyes and ears and believe logic and common sense. Donald is in the deepest doo-doo of any human in this country, or certainly comparable. You don't get this screwed up because you're powerful, because no one can touch you. You get screwed up because you've committed crimes and you are unimaginably, unimaginably vulnerable. The only thing going is your mouth and his little thumbs. That's what he's got going for him right now. You want to believe it? Be my guest. I'm saying, I'm just leaving you with this thought, when it gets to the point where it looks like he's going to find himself in a Georgia jail cell or any other cell, don't be surprised if he bolts. Don't be surprised if somehow he's able to fly out of the country where he can't be immediately, uh, you know, pulled back in. And frankly, who would want to pull him back in? Think about that. And don't get so worried. Be thankful that our judicial system is doing as well as it is. Recognize that we are in a crisis mode, but damn, the judicial system more than not, is working. It is not busted. It is not busted. Think about that. Uh, with a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. 
and it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to center-left radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. The Fannie Wills indictment is like no other. Under the RICO Act in Georgia, basically, he has to prove, Donald has to prove, that he would never, ever, ever tamper with a witness before he even gets bail. Then, if he were to be convicted, he would get 20 years automatically for the RICO conviction, and there's no way that a president of the United States or a governor of Georgia could free him. If I'm Donald, I'm thinking about a way out of here.